It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here as we have a half hour to cover Tennessee on the recruiting trail. And as we talked about on last week's show, what happens on the field will have some kind of an impact on what Tennessee does in recruiting with this 2020 class. Well, on the field on Saturday, Tennessee did not fare so well. With that upset loss to Georgia State, there is a negative impact to recruiting. How big of a deal is it? We'll try to get into that over the next 30 minutes because it is just one game. There was a long way to go this season, but that can be said as there's a long way to go. Things can work out just fine, or there's a long way to go, and what if they don't work out? That part of the conversation remains. So coming up here in the next half hour of Football Futures, Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com is going to stop by the show in just a moment, and I'll get his reaction to this past weekend. What are some of the issues Tennessee needs to sort out through recruiting? And to be clear, Tennessee's talent level was just fine to be able to beat Georgia State on Saturday. Tennessee did not lose to Georgia State because it didn't have enough talent. Tennessee needs to recruit at a higher level to get to where Georgia and Alabama are, to where Florida and LSU and Auburn are in the SEC as well. Texas A&M, I would say, most likely. But Tennessee had plenty of talent to beat Georgia State. That's not why Tennessee lost, not even close. Uh, Talent's been brought up here in the last couple of days. Tennessee needs more talent. Nobody's going to argue that. But Tennessee had enough to beat Georgia State. It just came up short. So uh, what the potential impact could be if Tennessee does not get things figured out here very soon this week is just so important, and I'm sure everybody agrees with that. No, nobody's going to sit there and say, you know what, it wouldn't be that big of a deal if Tennessee drops to 0-2. Everybody recognizes this is a game that Tennessee really has to go win on Saturday night against BYU. And Tennessee's favored to win the game. It's very winnable for Tennessee, but BYU is on the other side saying, yeah, we didn't have a great start against Utah, but we can go to Neyland Stadium and upset the Vols just like Georgia State did. And if BYU does that, Cougars going to be fired up. If that happens, well, Tennessee's going to have some problems. So why Tennessee needs to get a win, it seems like an obvious conversation to have, but we'll have it here in the next half hour. It's right here on Football Futures every Monday night from 7.30 until 8, leading into the Big Orange Hotline, which will take over coming up at 8 o'clock, right here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. And I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com, joining me here pretty much every week on Football Futures. Follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, I appreciate the time. Obviously, that was not good for Tennessee on Saturday. We've talked about Tennessee needing to win on the field to then help with trying to win more recruiting battles on the recruiting trail. So having seen what happened on Saturday, your initial takeaway from a recruiting standpoint. Oh, this was about as disastrous as, as a start as one could think of, Josh. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, you know, Tennessee and, and the staff uh, behind the scenes could have spun it a little bit more for recruits if, you know, if they had squeaked out a win. But, you know, to, to lose, and I know the, the final score didn't look as bad as it really was, but to lose by two touchdowns to a Sunbelt team uh, that was 2-10 and ten a year ago, I mean, it's, it's disheartening and it's, and it's troubling. And there's going to have to, and obviously the team is going through a lot of soul searching, but then there's going to have recruits that are going to be feeling the same way because some of the best guys that Tennessee's chasing, uh, they have a nice foundation thus far with this class. We talked about that last week. They've done a nice job with the in-state kids. But if they really want to get this program back, if they really want to kind of cement 
a potential top 10 class, they're going to have to win games on the field. Savelle Smalls, the five-star linebacker, has said it. Darnell Washington, the five-star tight end, has said it. Noah Sewell, you know, Rakeem Jarrett, the, 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 the creme de la creme, the real blue chippers that they're chasing, uh, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs, the Clemsons, if, if they're going to make that happen, they're going to have to win. And so Saturday was, again, about as disastrous of a start as, as one could write up. Yeah, Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. There were a few prospects on campus this past weekend. Uh, early impression there with Lyneth Whitehead, a guy you mentioned uh, last week when you were on the show, Jay Hardy, uh, Chattanooga area prospect, very important in-state uh, prospect for Tennessee, but uh, t- two talented players there. In- any reaction or anything else to add from this past weekend uh, on the recruiting front? Yeah, we caught up with Whitehead, and we got the story there at VolQuest.com. I mean, he, he kind of said that, the things one would expect that, you know, it wasn't all negative, that there's obviously room for improvement. Um, for him, I mean, he's a guy that Tennessee's recruiting at inside linebacker, and, and if any unit outside of, you know, at spot with the offensive line, defensive line, the questions we already had there, Tennessee's linebackers, and that play was, was really poor on Saturday. So Jeremy Pruitt has made no secret for several guys, whether it's Whitehead, uh, Noah Sewell, uh, the aforementioned Noah Sewell that I mentioned earlier, and then, and then even a guy like Bryson Eason, that there's the opportunity to play early at Tennessee if you're an inside linebacker. So Whitehead certainly saw that because Tennessee absolutely needs help uh, at that front right now. Jay Hardy, I mean, Tennessee's been in a great spot for him, and he's going to take a couple more visits in September. Um, he's a guy that, that, that kind of is eyeing an early October decision, similarly with a guy like Tyler Barron, who's also in town. The Vols remain in a good spot with both those in-state defensive linemen as of, as of today. Yeah, Jesse, what do you think of Tennessee's kind of status there at inside linebacker, which does have young players? Toe Toe is starting. Jeremy Banks has been moved over there. We'll see what his uh, future is. And then um, you have a guy in, in J.J. Peterson who, of course, gets asked about a lot by Tennessee fans. He's still fairly early in his career as a redshirt freshman. But what do you make of that position where it stands right now, inside linebacker? Well, I mean, based on what we saw Saturday, Josh, I mean, they, they clearly were just kind of grasping at straws to find some answers there. Now, with the noted caveat that they were missing senior uh, Danny Batuli, but he's obviously not going to be here next year, which is why the staff is kind of aggressively chasing uh, several guys at that spot. It's not a particularly deep position um, in the 2020 class. So Tennessee's kind of circled a couple guys. Whitehead is a freakish athlete, obviously, you know, Olympic, potential Olympian at shot putter. Bryson Eason's a bigger body, kind of a, almost an a la some of those guys that were at Alabama in kind of the late 2000s, um, you know, when Jeremy Pruitt kind of first got there. And then Noah Sewell is just kind of a freak because, you know, he's almost 270 pounds um, but, but moves like he's 240. But there's opportunity there, Josh. And I think uh, what we saw Saturday, you know, whether it was Ignat, Shannon Reed, or even Jeremy Banks, who had only been at linebacker for about 10 days at practice, even if that, you know, they were constantly shuffling those guys around. Now, Toa Toa, I think, is going to be a staple there. Um, he has a lot of talent. He flashed some of that natural ability. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, he's a freshman, uh, so that that's as to be expected. But it's kind of finding that guy who, who Tennessee can really, you know, pair him up with, and then some guys behind him. You're going to need a rotation there. And, and you know, if Saturday was any indication, that they, they, they clearly don't have uh, a firm grasp of who maybe that second and third guy is going to be. You mentioned J.J. Peterson. He didn't see a snap Saturday. Um, I, I'm someone that thinks it's too early to write him off, but it certainly is concerning that as poorly as that unit played in, in week one, Peterson couldn't even see the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com here 
on football futures, talking about what's going on with Tennessee on the recruiting trail. So uh, it's a pretty obvious uh, conversation to have, I would say, but uh, with Tennessee against BYU, from a recruiting standpoint, Jesse, how important is this week just in, in terms of affecting the narrative that will be out there with Tennessee football? I mean, they need a win in terms of narrative. I mean, they, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be very hard to come back um, starting the season off 2-0 uh, with, the, with the guys, again, that Tennessee's chasing. They have a nice foundation um, thus far. I don't think you're going to see some mass exodus because so many of these guys uh, are, you know, in-state guys or local guys like T. Hodge and Cooper Mays, um, and even some guys that Tennessee, you know, took chances on, you know, the Darren Williamsons, the Jimmy Callaways, uh, you know, the Lovey Jenkins. These guys are intriguing prospects, but it's not like Tennessee beat out a lot of other blue-chip schools. Now, does a, does a you know, Spragans who has interest from A&M and a bunch of Alabama and some other schools, does he look around? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, Mordecai McDaniel, or, you know, there's some other guys who potentially uh, could explore options. But right now, I think the foundation is nice. But if you want to build on that, you're going to have to win some football games. And, and starting 0-2 in a season that so many folks, whether they were, you know, correct or not, or had cautious optimism or not, so many folks were kind of talking themselves into this being a season that Tennessee could not only get back to bowl you know, eligibility, but even find that, you know, potentially eight wins. And that that's, uh, that looks almost impossible after after what we saw Saturday. It's technically still on the table, though. Uh, and But you could have, you could just write that off if they lose to BYU on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, if Tennessee loses to BYU, it will not be difficult to negatively recruit against Tennessee. I'm, I'm sure that's already out there, but if Tennessee's 0-2 before SEC play begins, with Florida and Georgia to kick things off, by the way, that's not going to be so easy, as you know. Uh, it just gets it gets more challenging. So beating BYU doesn't fix everything, but it, it sure can. It, it, losing would, would not be the right way to go here. Yeah, exactly. And I think I used the word tangible progress a week ago. It's the same sort of deal. You know, at some point, um, Dooley had dealt with this. Butch Jones absolutely dealt with this, which is what kind of, I think, ended up, you know, collapsing his tenure here. At some point, uh, selling hope, you know, you, you kind of run out of uh, out of boxes of hope to sell. You know, at some point there has to be uh, some, some tangible proof and progress that, that you're going to turn around this program. So it's still very early in Jer- Jerry Pruitt's tenure, obviously, but starting off 0-2, uh, in, in year two would be, you know, disastrous. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Yeah, anything to note with what's coming up over the next couple weeks? Tennessee has a home game against BYU and then Chattanooga before its first road game. So two more home games for Tennessee. Anything to add there from a recruiting standpoint? Well, we'll be. I'll be very curious about, you know, we'll know more later in the week. Tennessee does. They want to get a guy like Bryson Eason. I mentioned him earlier, the inside linebacker from Memphis and Whitehaven. They're trying to get him on campus for this weekend. What that visitor list looks like uh, for, you know, the, the, the night game, you know, obviously it's going to be an interesting, interesting atmosphere uh, because of what happened Saturday. But I think Tennessee would like to get some more of these priority guys, especially some in-state guys, some guys in Georgia uh, on campus, so we'll have a greater idea about that visitor list later in the week. So come check out VolQuest.com. But Bryson Eason, four-star linebacker, is somebody they're working hard to make sure that he's in town this weekend. As you can tell, he has good recruiting info. So does the team there at VolQuest.com, as well as what's happening on the field. Follow him on Twitter as well at Jesse R E Simonton 
on Twitter. Hey, Jesse, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for the information. We'll talk again here soon. Thanks, Josh. He's Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. Coming up, a recruiting ranking roundup for you. I'll tell you where Tennessee stands. Not a lot of movement here in the last week. Tennessee's recruiting class for 2020 is still there at 15 commitments. I'll get to that and how Tennessee needs to manage moving forward. More on what if Tennessee doesn't get things figured out, but also if Tennessee does, how that can help. That's coming up. In the next segment of Football Futures, ahead of the Big Orange Hotline taking over at 8 o'clock, right here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. The future of college football. Now, back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thanks for being along tonight. We have the Big Orange Hotline taking over here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal, coming up. At 8 o'clock. Remember, Football Futures is always podcasted for you on the website, sportsradiownml.com, as well as on the app, the WNML app. It is a free download. Listen back to shows, interviews, and uh, anything else you're looking for with our Tennessee football coverage on the WNML app in the podcast section. Coming up in just a moment, the impact of week one, what needs to happen moving forward. I, I think that's where a lot of the conversation is right now as Tennessee's class continues to be in the same spot with 15 commitments for 2020. Right now, I want to take a look at the latest with the recruiting rankings. I'm going to give you an update there every single Monday night. And to see, as Jesse was talking about last segment, I think feels pretty good about what it's put together so far with the class. But there is no doubt Tennessee has a bunch of players who are more highly rated by not only the recruiting services, but the coaching staff that Tennessee hopes to add before this class wraps up. So, the uh, recruiting rankings, I'll look at the 247 Sports Composite Ranking and then also where Tennessee ranks according to Rivals.com. The Composite has Clemson with the number one class in the country. And then from the SEC, you have Alabama number two, LSU is number three, and Georgia is number five. So three of the top five belong in the SEC. Two of those teams are teams Tennessee plays every single year. Auburn comes in at number seven. That win against Oregon on Saturday didn't hurt, and the performance of freshman quarterback Bo Nix is probably something that Auburn's going to sell on the recruiting trail. Texas A&M comes in at number 11, and Florida is number 14. So the SEC has six of the top 14 spots in the country, according to the composite ranking. Then you have South Carolina at number 19, Mississippi State is number 20, Ole Miss is number 21, and Tennessee comes in at number 22 in the country, according to the 247 Sports composite. That's 10th best in the SEC. Kentucky is one spot behind Tennessee at number 23, and then Arkansas is number 24. So half of the top 24 spots in the recruiting rankings for 2020 are made up of SEC schools. When you look at the rivals ranking for Tennessee, the Vols are actually a little bit lower than where the composite has Tennessee. Tennessee comes in at number 25 in the country, according to rivals. That's 11th best in the SEC. So as I mentioned last week, and I'm saying here, and it'll probably come up again next week, Tennessee has a pretty good class that it's put together. If you look at the average ranking for each player, if you look at the star ranking for each player, how it averages out, Tennessee can move up from where its overall ranking is because some of those schools have more commitments, like South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. They have more commitments than Tennessee does, so they get a little bit extra bump from an overall point total standpoint when you're putting these rankings together. But still, Tennessee needs to add more to the class, no doubt, for it to finish where Tennessee's coaching staff wants it to be. 
So right now, Tennessee is 22nd in the country according to the 247 Sports Composite, 25th best according to rivals, so that's 10th and 11th best in the SEC according to the two sites' compilations. So where Tennessee stands right now, coming out of that Georgia State loss was really bad for Tennessee. Nobody's going to say otherwise. Tennessee's coaching staff knows that's not good for Tennessee football. If Tennessee needs to show more on the field to help in recruiting, well, losing to a team that gets you national headlines because of what a big upset it was, that's not good. Now, Tennessee's coaching staff can go and say, hey, look, we need more help, more playing time. But if you're a player like Savelle Smalls or Darnell Washington or Rakeem Jarrett, you can get playing time anywhere you go. Noah Sewell's not going to struggle to get on the field if he goes to another school that is currently winning. So you can only sell that so much. Because you know who else is telling Washington he can get on the field right away? Who's telling Savelle Smalls that he'll have a chance to play immediately? Alabama. Alabama played three true freshmen who started on defense this past weekend. And that's because they're big-time players. And Alabama told them in recruiting, if you're good enough, we'll put you on the field. And they have proof to show that's the case. The next class is going to believe that. The next class of players being recruited by Georgia will believe that. On and on you go. So Tennessee can absolutely sell playing time. It's just that so can the other schools, the schools that are winning, and they can back it up. Clemson won a national championship with a true freshman quarterback on the field. Alabama the year before did the same, at least in the title game, with Tua Tungavailoa taking over for Jalen Hurts. Everybody sells playing time. It is maybe a little more believable at a school like Tennessee because of the issues. And as we were talking about, the need at inside linebacker is very real. But those players are going to believe they can get on the field pretty much anywhere because of how good they are and because it's being sold to them everywhere else. So the start is no good for Tennessee. If Tennessee keeps losing then recruiting is going to turn into an impossible task almost for Tennessee in terms of what the coaching staff wants to get done. If you think about last year, Tennessee went 5-7. and seven. Tennessee had a really disappointing finish with the losses to Missouri and Vanderbilt, but Tennessee staff was still able to close on some highly touted players like Eric Gray, Darnell Wright, Henry Toa Toa, Quavaris Crouch. Those are big-time players that could have gone just about anywhere uh, with those those guys, and they ultimately chose to play at Tennessee. But if Tennessee has another losing season, if Tennessee limps to 5-7 and seven or 6-6, six and six, there will be more negative recruiting against Tennessee. There will be more questions about what Tennessee really is going to be with this coaching staff. And whether it's fair or not, Tennessee's coaching staff and its future will be questioned by other coaching staffs out there. If Tennessee's 5-7 and seven at the end of this season, well, coaching staffs from other schools around the SEC and just out there in the recruiting trail are going to be telling prospects, why would you go to Tennessee? That staff's going to be gone in a year. Again, that might not be fair. That might not be true. might not be accurate. But it's what recruits are going to hear, and that's going to factor into what they're thinking about with their decisions ultimately. Tennessee has a bunch of terrific recruiters. I think that's pretty well established at this point. But also a lot of their recruiting, a lot of their success on the recruiting trail came at other schools where they were recruiting to places that were winning. Tennessee staff needs that as well. So that's why winning games, not just against BYU, but also in the SEC, is going to be so important. Tennessee's recruiting to get to the ultimate level, it's largely going to be based on what Tennessee does in conference play. If Tennessee beats BYU this weekend, that will help now. But if two weeks later it goes down to Florida and loses by several scores like it did a year ago, and then loses to Georgia by a few scores, like it did a year ago, that's not really going to help Tennessee out there in recruiting. Even if it's able to get a win against a school like 
Mississippi State, maybe South Carolina. Carolina's got some issues, doesn't it, coming off the loss to UNC this past weekend, and that schedule is brutal for South Carolina. We'll see how they respond. We'll see how Missouri responds, just like we're talking about Tennessee right now. But to keep the conversation to Tennessee, if the Vols go out there and get blown out by its biggest rivals in the SEC, if it's not showing that it's a more competitive team, that's probably going to cap what Tennessee is able to do in recruiting. So I'm not really breaking any news to you right here. I think you can pretty easily figure out on your own that if Tennessee doesn't win more games, there's only so much it can do in recruiting. But recruiting is going to ultimately affect and drive where Tennessee's program goes. If Tennessee's coming out of a game against Georgia State and Jeremy Pruitt is talking about needing more talent, needing to go recruit, what does that say about what Tennessee needs to do if it wants to compete with Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and other power programs in the SEC or to be consistently competitive against Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky? Tennessee needs a lot more talent. Tennessee's coaching staff knows that. Tennessee's head coach is telling us that. That's why winning now and even more so in SEC play is going to largely determine what happens with Tennessee in the 2020 class. So, like I said earlier, there's a long way to go this season, and that can be spun as, hey, there's a long way to go. You can figure this out, and that's absolutely true. You can also say there's a long way to go, and you don't want it to be a long season, and there needs to be a postseason. I'd say there has to be for Tennessee's football program moving forward. So we'll move forward here on the Sports Animal. The Big Orange Hotline's coming up next. They'll talk about what's going on with Tennessee football. They'll talk about what's coming up this weekend. A game that's winnable for Tennessee. The Vols are favored against BYU. It's going to be an important one, no doubt, for UT. Football Futures is here every Monday night from 7.30 until 8. I appreciate you hanging out here tonight. I'll see you back next week right here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal.